0: Come have a seat in the Scald Circle and hear the tale of The Elves and Their Antics, as told by Minogan. Before we begin our tale, we'd like to remind you that we release new stories for free weekly on Wednesdays on our website, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, and more. Visit www.thescaldcircle.com for more information. Now then, this begins the tale of The Elves and Their Antics. The elves are little white creatures that live between heaven and earth. They are not in the clouds, nor down in the caves and mines like the gnomes. They are bright and fair, dwelling in the air and in the world of light. The direct heat of the sun is usually too much for them, so they are not often seen during the day, except towards sunset. They love the silvery moonlight. There used to be many folks who thought that they had seen the beautiful creatures full of fun and joy, dancing hand in hand in a circle. In these old days, long since gone by, there were more people than there are now, who were sure that they had many times enjoyed the sight of elves. Some places in Holland show, by their names, where this kind of fairies used to live. These little creatures, that looked as thin as gauze, were very lively and mischievous. Though they often helped honest and hard-working people in their tasks as we shall see but first and foremost they were fond of fun they loved to vex cross people and to please those who were bonny and blithe they hated misers but they loved the kind and generous these little folks usually took their pleasure in the grassy meadows among the flowers and butterflies on bright nights they played among the moonbeams There were certain times when the elves were busy, in such a way as to make men and girls think about them. Then, their tricks were generally in the stable or in the field among the cows, sometimes in the kitchen or dairy, among the dishes or milk pans. They made an awful mess for the maids to clean up. They tumbled over the churns, upset the milk jugs, and played hoops with the round cheeses. In a bedroom, they made things look as if the pigs had run them over. When a farmer found his horse's mane twisted into knots, or two cows with their tails tied together, he said at once, that's the work of the elves. If the mares did not feel well or looked untidy, their owners were sure the elves had taken the animals out and had been riding them all night. If a cow was sick or fell down on the grass, it was believed that the elves had shot an arrow into its body. The inquest, held on many a dead calf or its mother, was it died from an elf shot. They were so sure of this that even when a stone arrowhead, such as our far-off ancestors used in hunting, when they were cavemen, was picked up off the ground, it was called an bolt or elf arrow. Near a certain village named Elfberg or Elfhill, because there were so many little people in that neighbourhood, there was one very old elf named Stife, which means stiff, because though so old, he stood up straight as a lance. Even more than the young elves, he was famous for his pranks. Sometimes he was nicknamed Harney Com or Coxcomb. He got this name because he loved to mock the roosters when they crowed early in the morning. With his red cap on, he did look like a rooster. Sometimes he fooled the hens that they heard him crowing. Old Stife loved nothing better than to go to a house where there was a party indoors all the wooden shoes of the twenty or thirteen people within, men and women, girls and boys, would be left outside the door. All good Dutch folks step out of their heavy timber shoes, or clumps, before they enter a house. It is always a curious sight at a country church, or gathering of people at a party, to see the klomps, big and little belonging to baby boys and girls, and a big man who wear a number thirteen shoe of wood. One wonders how each of the owners knows his own. But he does. Each pair is put in its place, but old Stife would come and mix them all up together and then leave them in a pile. So when the people came out to go home, they had a terrible time in finding and sorting out their shoes. Often they scolded each other, or some innocent boy was blamed for their mischief. Some did not find out till the next day that they had on one foot their own and on another foot their neighbor's shoe. It usually took a week to get the clomps sorted out, exchanged, and the proper feet into the right shoes. In this way, which was a special trick with him, this naughty elf, Stife, spoiled the temper of many people. Besides the meadow elves, there were other kinds in Elfinland. some living in the woods, some in the sand dunes, but those called stalkars, or elves of the stall, were old Stife's particular friends. These lived in stables and among the cows. The moss maidens that could do anything with leaves, even turning them into money, helped Steiff, for they too liked mischief. They teased men folks and enjoyed nothing better than misleading the stupid fellows that fuddled their brains with too much liquor. Steiff's especially famous trick was played on misers. It was this. When he heard of any old fellow who wanted to save the cost of candles, he would get a kabouter to lead him off in the swamps, where the sooty elves came out, on dark nights to dance. Hoping to catch these lights and use them for candles, the mean fellow would find himself in a swamp, full of water and chilled to the marrow. Then the cabouters would laugh loudly. Old Stife had the most fun with another stingy fellow, who always scolded children when he found them spending a penny. If he saw a girl buying flowers or a boy giving a copper coin for a waffle, he talked roughly to them for wasting money. Meeting this miser one day, as he was walking along the brick road leading from the village, Stife offered to pay the old man a thousand guilders, in exchange for four striped tulips that grew in his garden. The miser, thinking it real silver, eagerly took the money and put it away in an iron strong box. The next night, when he went as he did three times a week to count, and feel and rub and gloat over his cash. there was nothing but leaves in a round form. These, at his touch, crumbled to pieces. The moss maidens laughed uproariously when the mean old fellow was mad about it. But let no one suppose that the elves, because they were smarter than stupid human beings, were always in mischief. No, no. They did, indeed, have far more intelligence than dull-grown folks. Lazy boys, or careless girls. But many good things they did. They sewed shoes for poor cobblers when they were sick, and made clothes for children when the mother was tired. When they were around, the butter came quick in the churn. When the blue flower of the flax bloomed in Holland, the earth in springtime seemed like the sky. Old Stife then saw his opportunity to do a good thing. Men thought it a great affair to have even coarse linen tow for clothes. No longer need they hunt the wolf and deer in the forest for their garments. By degrees, they learned to make finer stuff, both linen for cloths and sails for ships, and this fabric they spread out on the grass until the cloth was well bleached. When taken up, it was white as the summer clouds that sailed in the blue sky. All the world admired the product, and soon the word, Holland, was less the name of a country than of a dainty fabric so snow-white that it was fit to robe a queen. The world wanted more and more of it, and the Dutch linen weaver grew rich, yet still there was more to come. Now, on one moonlit night in summer, the lady elves, beautiful creatures, dressed in gauze and film, with wings to fly and with feet that made no sound, came down into the meadows for their fairy dances. But when, instead of green grass, they saw a white landscape, they wondered, Was it winter? Surely not, for the air was warm. No one shivered and it was not cold. Yet there were whole acres as white as snow, while all the old fairy rings, grasses and flowers were hidden. They found that the meadows had become bleaching grounds, so that the cows had to go elsewhere to get their dinner, and that this white area was all linen. However, they quickly got over their surprise, for elves are very quick to notice things. But now that men had stolen a march on them, they asked whether, after all, these human beings had more intelligence than elves. Not one of these fairies, but believed that men and women were the inferiors of elves. So then and there began a battle of wits. They have spoiled our dancing floor with their new invention, so we shall have to find another, said the elven queen who led the party. They are very proud of their linen, these men are. But without the spider to teach them, what could they have done? Even a wild boar can instruct these human beings. Let us show them that we also can do even more. I'll get old Steiff to put on his thinking cap. He'll add something new that will make them prouder yet. But we shall get the glory of it. The elves shouted in chorus. Then they left off talking and began their dances floating in the air, until they looked from a distance like a wreath of stars. The next day, a procession of lovely elf maidens and brothers waited on Stife and asked him to devise something that would excel the invention of linen, which, after all, men had learned from the spider. "'Yes, and they would not have any grain fields if they had not learned from the wild boar,' added the elf queen." Old Stife answered yes at once to their request and put on his red thinking cap. Then some of the elf girls giggled, for they saw that he did really look like a coxcomb. No wonder they called him honeycomb, said one elf girl to the other. Now, Old Stife enjoyed fooling, just for the fun of it, and he thought all the younger elves that those who did most of the work with their hands and head would have the most fun when they were old. First of all, He went at once to see Fro, the spirit of the golden sunshine and the warm summer showers, who owned two of the most wonderful things in the world. One was his sword, which as soon as it was drawn from the sheath, against wicked enemies, fought of its own accord and won every battle. Fro's chief enemies were the frost giants, who wilted the flowers and blasted the plants useful to man. Fro was absent when Stife came. But his wife promised he would come next day, which he did. He was happy to meet all the elves and fairies, and they, in turn, joyfully did whatever he told them to. Fro knew all the secrets of the grain fields, for he could see what was in every kernel of both the stalks and the ripe ears. He arrived in a golden chariot, drawn by his wild boar, which served him instead of a horse. Both chariot and boar drove over the tops of the ears of the wheat and faster than the wind. The boar was named Gullen, or Golden Bristles, because of its sunshiny colour and splendour. In this chariot Fro had specimens of all the grains, fruits and vegetables known to man, from which Stife could choose. For these he was accustomed to scatter over the earth. When Stife told him just what he wanted to do. Fro picked out a sheaf of wheat and whispered a secret in his ear. Then he drove away in a burst of golden glory, which dazzled even the elves that love the bright sunshine. These elves were always glad to see the golden chariot coming or passing by. Stife also summoned to his aid the gnomes, and from these ugly little fellows got some useful hints, for they, dwelling in the dark caverns, Know many secrets which men used to call named alchemy, and which they now called chemistry. Then Stife fenced himself off from all of the intruders, on the top of a bright sunny hilltop, with his thinking cap on, and made experiments for seven days. No elves except his servants were allowed to see him. At the end of the week, still keeping his secret, and having instructed dozen or so of the elf girls in his new art, he invited all the elves in the Low Countries to come to a great expedition. Which he intended to give. And what a funny show it was! On one long bench were half a dozen wash tubs, and on a table nearby were a dozen more wash tubs. And on a longer table, not far away, were six ironing boards with smoothing irons. A stove made hot with a peat fire was to heat the irons. Behind the tubs and tables stood the twelve elf maidens. All arrayed in shining white garments and caps, as spotless as snow. One might almost think they were white elves of the metal, and not the gnomes of the mines. The wonder was that their linen clothes were not only as dainty as stars, but that they glistened as if they laid on the ground during a hoarfrost. Yet it was still warm summer. Nothing had frozen or melted, and the rosy faced elf maidens were as dry as an ivory fan. Yet they resembled the lilies of the garden, when pearly with dewdrops. When all gathered together, Old Stife called for some of the company, whom had come from afar, to take off their dusty and travel-stained linen garments and give them to him. These were passed over to the train girls, waiting to receive them. In a jiffy, they were washed, run out, rinsed, and dried. It was noticed that these elf maidens, who were standing at the last tub, were intently expected to do something great, while those five elf maidens at the table took off the hot irons from the stove. They touched the bottom of the flat irons with a drop of water to see if it rolled off hissing. They kept their eyes fixed on Stife, who now came forward before all and said in a loud voice, Elves and fairies, moss maidens and stall sprites, one and all, behold our invention! Which our great friend Fro and our no less help friends than gnomes have helped me to produce. Now, watch me prove its virtues. Forthwith, he produced, before all, a glistening substance, partially in powder and partially in square lumps, as white as chalk. He easily broke up a handful under his fingers and flung it into the fifth tub, which had hot water in it. After dipping the washed garments in the white, gummy mass, he took them up. Wrung them out, dried them with his breath, and then handed them to the elf ironers. In a few moments, these held up before the company what a few minutes before had been only dusty and stained clothes. Now they were white and resplendent. No fuller's earth could have bleached them thus, nor added so glistening a surface. It was starch, a new thing for clothes. The fairies, one and all, clapped their hands in delight. What shall we name it? modestly asked Stif, of the oldest gnome present. Hereafter we shall call you Stifsterk, stiff starch. They all laughed. Very quickly did the Dutch folks, men and women, hear and make use of the elves' invention. Their linen closets now looked like piles of snow. All over the low countries women made caps in new fashions, of lace or plain linen, with horns and wings, flaps and crimps, with quilling and with whirligigs. Soon, in every town, one could read the sign, Hair Mangled Men, which means here we do ironing. In time, kings, queens, and nobles made huge ruffs, often so big that their necks were invisible, and their heads nearly lost from sight, in rings of quilled linen or of lace that stuck out about a foot or so. Worldly people dyed their starch yellow. Zealous folk made it blue. But moderate people kept it snowy white. Starch added money and riches to the nation. King's treasuries became fat with money gained by taxes laid on roughs and on the cargoes of starch, which was now imported by the shipload, or made on the spot in many countries. So out of the ancient grain came a new spirit that worked for sweetness and beauty, cleanliness and health. From a useful substance, as old Egypt, was born a fine art, that added to the sum of the world's health and pleasure. And that is the tale of the elves and their antics. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, please take a look at our Patreon page to learn how you can earn great rewards while also supporting us. A special thank you to Kat for their support this month. It means the world to us. Remember, we release new tales for free weekly on Wednesdays. Find out where you can hear them on our website at www.thescaldcircle.com. Once again, thank you for listening to our story.